if you are receiving this, that's awesome. So I can cut wood just by looking at it. Oh, that's unbelievable, mate. Right? I saw it with my own two eyes. Oi, what did the police officer say to his belly button? I don't know. You're under a vest. You know, I've been thinking about taking up meditation. Oh, really? Yeah, I figure it's better than sitting around doing nothing. You know, cowboys in the Old West used to hang lanterns on their saddles at night to help them find their way back home. I guess it was an early form of satellite navigation. Oh, totes, my goats. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox. Kyle Abair here. I'm your host and fellow nerd. Also a voice actor from things like Dragon Ball Z and Super and Street Fighter 4, 5, and 6, which will be dropping this June. Value for Value is how this show is supported by its listeners. Whatever value you receive from listening, you give a micropayment amount back as you listen in a Podcasting 2.0 app. Free podcast players available now from newpodcastapps.com. You can stream fractions of pennies or set the level to any amount. Satoshis are the currency, also called sats. Now we shout out to this week's Sat Cats. Dreb Scott boosted 21,110 sats and says, boosting for the boost. Boost! Can you ask Ken Spiracy what some of his favorite prepper foods are that he keeps in his secret underground bunker? P.S. Love the show. Thank you, Dreb. And that is an excellent question. Hey, Herbert, come over here. What are you doing, dude? Why are you... Poking me in the forehead. Looking for the skip intro button. Uh, anyway, the upcoming apocalypse is why it makes perfect sense to be in prepper mode. Namely, because I don't want to house a bunch of idiots who didn't prep. Now, as you can plainly see... Ken, uh, this is a podcast. Then put on your thinking cap, dunce. Although I doubt you even have one, Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Uh, besides panic buying toilet paper, you'll want to make sure you have enough food to make you poop enough to be glad you panic bought toilet paper. What? Fiber. Keeps you regular. Oh. So load up on beans, muffins, prunes, blueberries, lentils, olive oil, oats, spinach, artichokes, Brussels sprouts, things like that. Just mix them all up in a bowl and wash it down with a pot of hot coffee. You'll be ready when general catastrophe comes knocking at your door. Or any other high-ranking military, for that matter. <laughs> you know, I just noticed I'm missing a few things. Good thing I sent Papaganda down to the grocery store. Are you here? Uh, wait, Papa. How come you're empty-handed? I gave you a list. Nonsense, Kenneth. A piece of paper is totally useless. I has pornographic memory. Uh, we need more fiber, peanuts, walnuts. I try, but I say to clerk, show me your nuts. He get very angry. Uh-huh. And for to give me knuckle sandwich. I... Walter W. boosted 475 sats. How long does it take for a Lego to pass through you? I'm asking for a friend, brah. I don't know. I've never eaten Legos. Oh. I'm imagining someone has a youngling or maybe a pet. Jim Seifert, 981 sats and said, boost. You keep making these and I'll keep clipping and sharing and boosting as often as I can. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that very, very much. The question of the week. What TV show or movie should get an anime? Lunchbox 63H gave 4,750 sats and says Battlestar Galactica or Space Above and Beyond. Dirty Fireworks Z says Better Call Saul. Phantom Ron said Farscape. Hippie Chew said Breaking Bad. Last chance to look at me, Hector. Nani? 
Captain J the Game Master said Big Hero 6. Bloodstained Whispers, Castle or Bones? Nixus underscore Minute says The Office. Lucky the Seventh says, I'll dig deep into the vault for this one. Something more obscure like Wonderfalls or Dead Like Me. Melissa says Golden Girls. Kari Brown said Firefly. And Emily S. Marvels said John Wick. New question. What is your unpopular geeky opinion? Dungeons and Dragons, overrated. Aliens, Colonial Marines, a great game. Landlines, cooler than smartphones. Cassettes, better than streaming. Boost your reply. In a Podcasting 2.0 app for newpodcastapps.com, you'll be instantly supporting the show as you listen with a custom micropayment. Or at BoomboxPod on Twitter, what is your unpopular geeky opinion? The long-awaited Super Mario Brothers movie is upon us, and as of this recording, sits at uh, 54% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, but the fans so far, uh, more of them are digging it than not. I haven't seen it as of this recording of this podcast, but I will soon. I was just reading that a, a deep cut, the DK rap, actually makes an appearance on the movie, and composer Grant Kirkhope whipped up that amongst other tunes for the Mario franchise back in the day, but he tweeted the following this past week. Quote, was really looking forward to seeing my name in the credits for the DK rap, but alas, as expected, it's not there. FML. Yeah, I felt this man's pain before. How hard is it to type in a name? You know, I've gone through this as someone who contributed additional voices for movies. You can hear me on the second Alice in Wonderland movie as the puppy version of Bayard. They'll credit the studio where it was recorded or the director of the session, the engineer. But yeah, not cool, Universal. Really hope you do the man a solid and amend the credits for home video. Then again, maybe they thought no one would want to take credit for the DK rap. (laughs) The Resident Evil 4 remake has made fans gamegasm, but the ugly side of fandom has yet again reared its head with trolling and insults this time hurled at the Instagram of the voice of Ada Wong, Lily Gao. She disabled comments and hid almost all her post. This also happened with Daisy Ridley with The Force Awakens and again with Kelly Tran on Last Jedi. Do people really have nothing better to do than tear down others for doing their job? Play the game on mute or play the Japanese version. Why waste all your energy on negativity? You're miserable, so you got to make everyone else miserable too? Might I suggest keeping your hate of someone's performance to yourself or Amongst your little hater circle of insecure friends instead of blasting it all over social media directly to that person. You know, there was this one time when someone said, Gohan sucks. He said it directly to my face. My response? At least I got paid. South of the Appalachian Mountains, you are on the air. Um, hello? Yes, Karen. You need an attitude adjustment, Mr. Preachy Face McGee. Hey, I said what I wanted to say. Wait, are you actually going to defend haters? Stand back and bask in my sass, <gasps> Carl. Kyle. If these actors would let the fans speak to their manager, nobody would feel the need to cork up their socials. Look, that's not how it works. How hard is it to just be nice? Complaining is what I do, le doy, and I'm great at what I do. I'm not going to argue that. Hello? They changed some dialogue for Ada Wong and made her sound all bored and stuff instead of super cheesy. How is that the actor's fault? 
The client and or director call the shots. It's not the actor's place to dictate anything. Mm -hmm. When I get directed in sessions, okay, I sometimes think to myself, yes, that's the take. And then I get directed to do something bigger or more anime-like. The closest I come is saying, let me try one more take. I got an idea. Sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't, but it's an option if they want to decide later. Are you, like, still talking? Because I have a nail appointment. Not till I dunk you into this giant vat of haterade. <laughs> It's been 84 years since, uh, oh, sorry, 16 years since Team Fortress 2 came out. And a lot of its voice cast had actually not ever played the game until recently. PC Gamer's website covered this revelation as the likes of Dennis Bateman, Gary Schwartz, Robin Atkin Downs, John Patrick Lowry, and Ellen McLean all hopped onto YouTuber Shorks, or is it Shorkays, TF2 channel. These group of actors voiced characters like Spy and Pyro, the Heavy and Demo Man, the Medic, the Sniper, and the Administrator. Now, this might come as a shock to fans of voice actors, but, you know, first world problem. Many are in so many games, there's just not enough hours in the day to play. And honestly, there's not always a lot of interest, depending on the title. Now, my bread and butter is RPGs. But the level of detail and stats usually has my eyes kind of glazing over. As a gamer, I'm all about first-person shooters, fighters, racers generally. Instant gratification. Open world? Nope. Might as well watch paint dry. Give me a mission, man. Give me a goal. And anybody who's watched me play on my Twitch channel, Gohan with your own bad self, knows firsthand I'm like a clueless uncle, button mashing. But when we record voice acting for games, there's no actual gameplay. Graphics aren't done at that point. All we see is a script, and we rely on the director or the game developer at the session to give us context for the lines. Sometimes the actor's kept in the dark. I had no idea that I did additional voices for Red Dead Redemption 2. Well until someone tweeted a screenshot of the credits and tagged me. And I haven't played that one or the first one. <laughs> Film studio Legendary Entertainment, who brought you big screen epics like Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, Jurassic World, Pacific Rim, and more, are looking into developing yet another attempt at a live-action Street Fighter. Sure, the 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme version. It's a camp classic. Street Fighter 2, The Legend of Chun-Li... We don't talk about that one. With a big budget this time and a big studio behind it, after the success of recent game-to-live action adaptations, this might actually be worth getting excited about. It's fun to daydream that they'll let the voice cast do a cameo or something. Just putting this out there, guys. I could be reused dad. Say, Pops, can I borrow ten bucks? Sure you can! <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I had to. HBO Max wants to resurrect Harry Potter, this time with a TV series, and is supposedly in talks with a production house. The idea being that each season would cover each of the seven books. And before you ask, controversial author J.K. Rowling is rumored to be involved, unlike on the recent Hogwarts Legacy game. I've never been into Harry Potter, but if this show happens, are people who decide to watch it going to get canceled? So the great Twitter checkmark purge came and went, not with a bang, but a whimper. Elon Musk had made several statements before April 1st, stating that legacy verified accounts would have to pay for Twitter blue. Ew. 
to retain the check mark. Many celebs tweeted that they refused to pay, and I wasn't going to subscribe just to keep the badge. Months ago, I did subscribe to Twitter Blue just because it would let you edit tweets. Then they raised the price to $12 instead of 8 But there was no mention about maintaining verification for legacy accounts. I was verified for free, and I keep that check mark for free. April 1st came and went. Lo and behold, legacy check marks remained, except for one very high-profile account, the New York Times. They said they refused to pay for verification, so as of today, anyway, they don't have a blue check mark. Not even a yellow one that indicates they're an official organization. An annoying problem on top of Twitter trying to milk its users for money is if you click on the check mark on mobile, a prompt comes up that says this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue or is a legacy verified account. So you can't tell who's a sucker who paid for it. However, on desktop, you click on the check mark, it says either or. The reasoning for moving to a pay-to-play model for verification was an attempt to counter bots. Who knows if that's actually true. So would you drop eight bucks a month just to have a precious check mark? Or does making verification for sale to anyone who pays completely invalidate the whole thing? Boost your reply on a podcasting 2.0 app for newpodcastapps.com or at Boombox on Twitter. From my top secret underground bunker in Pahrump, Nevada, where the tinfoil hats can get satellite radio for free if you use Reynolds Wrap. Don't cheap out with that dollar store stuff. Conspiracy here with all the news you can use. Not... Page one. You ever wonder what prop ended up getting stolen the most off the set of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? Yeah, take a number. Anyway, if you thought Ricardo Montalban's bulbous chest prosthetic or rock star wig, I'd give you props since I'd totally snag those. Always best to blend in and keep the aliens guessing. Uh, Ken. Oh, for Ken, God. What? I, I'm sorry, man. Excuse me. Director Nicholas Meyer, who directed Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh-huh. he swears that was Ricardo Montalban's actual chest. Uh, what a bunch of hooey, Herbert. Dude was 62 at the time. His cleavage had cleavage. Well, apparently he had moves of steel. Yeah, but how how do you really know? Director said he felt him. Well, that's, uh, that's awkward. Hashtag me too. Hashtag go hunt for undetonated landmines. Apparently, Khan's Starfleet necklace had a higher street value than nose candy in 1982. Prop department had to keep cranking out more. I don't see what all the fuss was about. Looks like a Federation symbol made out of a turd. Don't at me, Trekkies. Page two. Collectors can rock a humble brag here and there, but Juno Ignacio invested a pretty penny acquiring multiple copies of Freddy, the mascot of Funko. His Venom variant Funko Pop was a Comic-Con exclusive a few years back. They only made 24, and he somehow ended up with 18 of them. Rich, bobblehead-loving bozos hooked him up with not one, but two Cadillac Escalades for trading six Funko Pops of Venom Freddy. Suffice it to say, the Funko fan community has no love for Ignacio for manipulating the market and hopes he ends up in a landfill with the other $30 million worth of surplus pops. Page three. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. In their pants. Tamara Toriakson ignored my foodie tips for regularity earlier in this poor excuse for a podcast and got a good old case of the Hershey squirts just by running a marathon. A dozen miles or so in, she didn't want to liberate the brown trout at the nearest bathroom and instead unloosed her caboose right in her trunks. She completed the race, beating her own personal record. I feel sorry for her friends and family that went to hug her at the finish line. And I'm spent. That's all the news you can't use. Conspiracy here from my dump in Pahrump.
Aw, look at the time. The Intergalactic Boombox is written, produced, voiced, edited, and uploaded by a bald middle-aged fat guy. Hey, no squirrels were harmed in the making of this podcast. Remember, kids, the wise words of Stephen Wright. There's a fine line between fishing and just standing on the shore like an idiot. Till next time, doodles. Doodles.